Welcome to the Asians Redefining Their Success podcast, where Asian professionals share their stories of breaking boundaries and switching into more creative and unconventional careers. I am your host, Yangshi Zhou. Hey friends, in honor of Women's History Month, I've invited a couple of my clients who just started their businesses and made their first 1K and beyond within three months to share their insights, mindset shifts, and behind-the-scenes stories with you. Each of them is breaking barriers and making history right now, not just for themselves, but also for the whole entrepreneurship field as what's possible as an Asian and woman of color. This week, I have the amazing Ariana Laila Zela Rosa with us. Ariana is a holistic career coach who empowers first-gen professionals to navigate the job search and thrive confidently in their careers. Being a first-gen professional and woman of color, Ariana tailors her coaching to overcome barriers many of us face, such as self-limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, and lack of career confidence and clarity. When she's not coaching, she's studying for her master's in learning design and building diversity, equity, and inclusion programs at her university. Overall, she's committed to serving her community from a place of empowerment, learning, and joy. So on this episode, you'll hear about what inspired Ariana to go into coaching full-time versus finishing the final round of a 9-to-5 job interview. So this is pretty juicy here. (laughs) The mindset shifts that were essential for her to make 5k plus in three months, especially around money, such as changing the beliefs that money is bad and charging would make me a sellout, and how she was able to become fully booked while building a business based on her own terms. The theme for this episode is around authenticity, which is also the most valuable thing that Ariana got out of coaching with me. So we often think that we need to be like all the other coaches with thousands of likes to make money when really honing in on who you really are and how you can deeply serve your ideal clients and just focusing on that versus the comparison and the shoulds is the highest value generating activity you can do for your business. And on the topic of authenticity, I also have a confession to make. After this interview ended, I realized how much I was holding myself back from really feeling and reveling and basking in the expressions of gratitude and compliments that Ariana was giving me. And while my insides were jumping with joy, the should be professional, part of me was really pushing it all down. So this is something that I'm currently working on, being able to receive affirmations. And I also want to point this out in case you sense me holding back too. Because being authentic and fully you is so strong that you can feel it, even if it's just through audio. Ariana is also one of my first clients to get fully booked in just three months. So even if these earlier concepts seem too simple to be true, know that it works. And I know you'll get so much out of her passion and fire in this interview. So without further ado, I'll let you see for yourself. Hello, Ariana. Welcome to the Arts Podcast. Hi, Yunshi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Same here. I know that we, the last time we chatted was probably earlier this year. So um, why don't you tell us a bit about where, what career you were in? before you started coaching with me and what you're up to now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am a holistic career coach, um, empowering first-generation professionals and professionals of color to navigate the job search with ease and thrive confidently in their careers. Um, And before I started coaching, um, I started my career doing recruiting and human resources Um, I did that for like two to three years and doing that type of work really came from a place of wanting to serve people and wanting to help people. Um, And it felt really good. Um, For a while, I thought HR was the obvious path that I needed to go to in order for me to grow professionally. Um, But I knew deep down I wanted to do something more personal for me to help people. Um, And that's how I came across coaching. 
Mm. Yeah. I'm curious your journey of how, how did you know you wanted to get into business and start your own business? Was it like a lifelong dream of yours or a transition or, you know, how, how did you know? Yeah. So I think if you were to ask me like even a year ago, if I wanted to do my own business, I probably would have said no. I probably really, really confused. (laughs) Um, But I think something that's just constant throughout my life is I just love helping people and coming from a place of servitude. Um, Mm -hmm. Like when I was doing human resources and recruiting, um, I never really felt like that was enough. So on the side, I actually volunteered for a high school mentorship program and I gave a lot of workshops and I did a lot of speaking events around topics like self-awareness, college preparation and leadership. Uh, So that was the type of work that felt more authentic to me and brought me a lot of joy. Um, So that's how coaching or the profession of coaching uh, eventually made sense to me. So when I connect that to like how I started my own business or how I knew I wanted to start my own business. Um, I'm a visionary person. It's really easy for me to follow the convictions of my passions. Um, And I'm sure you know that after working with me for a bit. Um, But I think what really made me start is my mission. Um, So I identify as a first-generation college graduate and also a first-generation professional. And I think being on the side of recruiting and human resources, I saw firsthand how inaccessible and hard the job market really is for folks like us, folks in our community who identify as first generation. Um, Some things that I I see a lot of people in my community struggle with um, would be networking, not really knowing how to navigate our passions. Like for example, most of us are usually in the mindset of survival and therefore we have linear paths of what our career will be. So for example, it's like, I wanna be a doctor, I wanna be a lawyer, I wanna be an engineer. It's just a very linear path. And I think that prevents us from dreaming a little bit more. Um, And then the last thing is really self-limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome. Um, These are feelings that are just so prominent when you're a minority and you're the first in your family to get a nine to five job, to get a corporate job, to graduate from college. So overall, there are a lot of like unique struggles with the first generation experience. And I've always been passionate about that mission of mine to serve first generation folks. Um, And that's how my coaching business started um, because I really wanted to pursue my mission and, and serve that community. Mm, yeah. And when you decided to leave the nine to five, which you do have an interesting story that um, I was able to be part of when we were just um, talking about coaching that we can go into later. But when you decided to leave the nine to five, did you have thoughts like, you know, because you were the first gen to go to college, do you have thoughts like I worked so hard to you know graduate college and get this nine to five and now I'm leaving it all behind? Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Like I mentioned before, like HR was a very good and linear path for me. Um, I feel like maybe the me a year or two ago would look at me and be like, are you, are you crazy? (laughs) Um, I had a very obvious path of growth if I were to HR. And I think also when you're in HR, it's a very safe and demanding job. Like I can get into any industry with that. And I have been, I've been, I've experienced like three different industries. Um, So for a long time, I was like, I want to grow in this HR position, Um, maybe eventually be like a chief diversity officer or Mm. chief officer or something of that sort. That just seemed to make sense to me. Um, But then I realized the way I wanted to help people was on a more one-on-one basis um, and was a way that allowed me to serve like beyond policies, beyond rules. Uh, 
I'm the type of person, like, I just want to serve people um, based on what feels authentic to me. And I think with coaching and with entrepreneurship, you have the power to choose how you want to serve people yourself. So yeah, it was really scary at first. Um, especially since like my parents, like they don't really know what coaching is. None of my friends really knew what coaching is. Um, so it it was hard for me to convince myself, like, this is a jump that I wanted to take, or at least I wanted to try. Um, but eventually I did do it. And I know that you played a big role in, in helping me transition to this place right now. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I am right now. Mm, Yeah. What inspired you to get coaching for yourself? Yeah. Um, so I actually had my first experience, uh, with a career coach a couple of years ago, because I had some issues with myself, um, navigating my own career Mm. and I never knew what a career coach was or just what a coach was in general. Uh, But it was a referral from a good friend of mine. So ever since I started with a career coach, I was like, wow, this is, this is really powerful work. It's so personalized. It's very one-on-one. They see you like on a human level. Uh, But at that point, I still didn't really know that I could be a coach myself. I just knew that coaching was something that was really powerful for me. And then after career coaching, I tried life coaching. Um, I was a part of a a life coach group program, and that was really amazing. Um, And then I was inspired to do business coaching. (laughs) All the coachings. (laughs) I've tried all the different colors of coaching, and they're just super exciting. So yeah, I think if it wasn't for my friend like a couple of years ago who told me to try coaching, I would have never known that coaching itself is like an entrepreneur um, journey and entrepreneur business. Um, but yeah, I think, I think having my own coaches really inspired me myself to be a coach. Mm, So good. And I love that your friend told you about it and then you decided to take action upon it because how many times have our friends told us to do things or to check things out or to finally start that like business or side hustle. And we just like kind of let it go. You have such a behind I just want to share this behind the scenes of because it's really easy to look back on our journey and for someone who's listening it might just seem like really easy or smooth or you know a smooth transition and for you I remember when during our one of our first chats you um, actually had another job that you were in like second round or some round of interview yes yeah yeah so you were really like trying to choose. Yeah, you unlocked like this memory that I forgot I had. But yeah, so yeah, just to expand on that a little bit more, before I decided to do like career coaching as an entrepreneur journey, um, I thought of being a career coach in the corporate world. Um, so I knew I wanted to move a little bit away from human resources and I I was really open to the profession of coaching, whether I would do it as my own thing or whether I would do it um, with a corporate organization. So yeah, I was kind of in the middle because as I was uh, chatting with you about starting my own business, I was literally in the final round of interviews to be a coach at a company. Ultimately, I decided not to go through the final round of interviews, even though like a part of me was like, you should just do it anyways, because, you know, you never know. Uh, But after like asking myself and reflecting and being honest, I was like, even if I were to have gotten that job offer, I probably would have said no anyways, because my desire to do things on my own accord and to follow my own mission was just a lot stronger. Um, Yeah, and I've been a part of the nine to five life for a couple of years. And I think I think I have the privilege and opportunity right now to start something of my own. So um, I wanted to take that. Yeah, I think this goes so well with what you talked about conviction earlier. Um, Like when you sent me that email of I'm not going through the the 
I'm not going through, you know, the next step and I'm deciding to go all in on my business. That's, that's when I knew that you were a special one. Like everyone, every one of my clients is special. Um, and I feel like this conviction, this passion is really one of your superpowers of being able to be decisive and going for it. Oh, thank you. That means so much. Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> my passion, my fire has definitely uh, elevated me, but also burned me in some ways. <laughs> but I, I think for the most part, like it's really, it's really led me to who I am right now. And, you know, it, it really fueled my confidence in why I do what I do. So, yeah. So when you were first starting out and building your business, what kind of fears did you have? Could even with, you know, that fire. Ooh, yeah. So as you know, a lot of fears. <laughs> I felt like um, I felt like maybe the first half of our coaching was literally just talking about my fears and trying to navigate them. Mm-hmm. So I think my first fear is really how I see money and kind of my money mindset. Um, so... I used to think money is the root of all evil. And I felt like making money out of coaching or making money out of serving people would kind of make me a sellout. Mm -hmm. Um, And after reflecting on that a lot, um, I realized like money itself is just an item. It's just a resource. Um, but what I think is evil is capitalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's a different story. But I think when I, I think when I stopped putting so much meaning on just like money itself, um, I started realizing that, especially as a woman of color, like I am deserving of money, and I am deserving of choosing what I do with money, how I want to spend it. Um, Cause I know like charging for my business, I don't know why it felt like such a sin to me. <laughs> like it just, it just makes sense to charge when you have a business. Um, but I know like, I was like this, this information, like all the things that I want to coach on, like this should be free. Like in a world where everything is fair, this should be free. Um, but at the same time, like, I also know that this is my work and this is my energy uh, so when I started to really respect those two things, um, my mindset around money shifted a lot. Um, also related to money, but I also had this fear that for some reason I had to make like six figures when I first started. <laughs> um, I think it's because there's a lot of like business strategists or business coaches out there who market themselves as like, are you starting a new business? Like, let me help you make six figures or else you're not worthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know they don't explicitly say that, but honestly, sometimes that's how they make like, you know, starting entrepreneurs feel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really loved your approach, how, you know, you can achieve six figures, but you should do it you know, in a pace that feels good and empowering to you, as long as you know that it's actually possible for you to make six figures, you know, when that's, when that time is ready for you. I think seeing, seeing the idea of six figures in that way, like obtaining it in a way that feels sustainable and empowering, um, made starting a business a lot easier to do. So those are some like fears I have around money. Um, And then a second fear I had was thinking no one wanted to pay for my services. Mm, This is also tied to money in a sense, right? (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Tied to money, also tied to me, like wanting to please everyone. And I have a, I have a bad habit of wanting to people please, (laughs) but I thought no one would want to pay for my services because, um, prior to charging for my coaching, I actually did coaching for free for like four months, I believe. So I thought that once I started coaching and charging for my coaching, no one would want that anymore like no one would want to work with me because they're like oh that's too expensive like oh Ariana's a sellout like why is she charging for her coaching now when she's done it for free for such 
you know, a long time. Um, now I know it's wrong. And I'm like, if, if I had continued to do coaching for free, like that would not allow me to serve from my fullest potential. Um, you know, I need money to live. (laughs) So, so now I know like that idea is wrong. And then I think my third fear is, is kind of tied back to what we talked about before, but Um, I really took a leap of faith when I started my business. Um, I didn't really know what it meant to start a business. It was, it was an idea that happened like in a month. And then after a month, like, okay, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) Um, it wasn't really like a dream or a vision that I've had for like a year or so. I, I kind of just jumped into it. Um, and I guess like, you know, that was really scary. Cause I'm just like, I don't really know what it means to start a business. And that's why I went to seek out for coaching. Mm. Yeah. So I would love to delve deeper in these three aspects. Um, cause I think so many people have these mindsets and I think it'd be so helpful for them to see how your mind has shifted. So the first one is really interesting because I remember us working through a lot of tension for you between like wanting to make six figures and then being resistant to charging or like feeling like you couldn't charge. So then you're kind of just stuck in these two, um, in these two aspects. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a common theme in my life. Like always being stuck in the middle of like two different ideas, but as I'm doing like, entrepreneurship and, and, you know, making my own impact in my own accord, like I realized that I get to call the shots. Mm-hmm. So you're the boss. Yeah. Which is like a, a, a totally new concept for me. And I think me being a boss, like also fed to my fear of starting a business because I've never been my own boss. I've always had like, um, someone that I would report to. So, um, me being my own boss also showed me like how critical I am to myself and how sometimes we're our own biggest bullies. So that might be like another conversation, but um, in regards to like being in this like middle place of wanting to do it for free and wanting to make six figures, um, it really came from, from these two like communities that I've always been a part of. So one, I've always been a part of like, you can kind of call it like the nonprofit social justice community where they're just like super anti-capitalist, like, you know, like throw the system away. Um, So that made me want to do everything for free. But then on the other hand, I I was also part of this like community on LinkedIn, like a bunch of like professionals, a bunch of coaches who are charging a lot for their services. So it made me feel like I had to charge that much too. I, I felt like I was in between those two spaces but I think I felt a lot of ease when you told me like this is my business I get to call the shots so that means I get to find something in the middle yeah I can't wait to share that more of that later too um before we go there what changed for you like how are you able to shift that you're deserving of money because this is really what like the series of podcast episodes during this month is all about. And I love that we get to talk about it so openly because um, this has come up for me too, like deserving of money and like deserving, I had to work through, am I deserving of this money that I'm spending on myself? Um, So I'm curious for you, what helped you shift that um, belief around deserving of money? Yeah, so... I think I had to, I think I had to realize that I was okay with getting a lot of money if it came from like a corporation or if it came from a business, but the idea of getting a lot of money on my own, it just felt impossible. (laughs) It felt like, how dare I want to get all this money on my own? But for some reason, like if I were to have signed like a job offer, if I were to work like nine to five, like like I want all the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like negotiate. Yeah. Right? No, I'm such a I'm such a huge advocate for negotiating and I know it's something that I coach my clients as well. So 
when I really reflected on that, I was like, why, <laughs> why don't I want to make a lot of money when I want to just do it myself? And I think it's because it came from a belief that I was not good enough or, or a belief like I needed other people to give me money instead of me getting money on my own. Mm. Working hand in hand with money mon- mindset was also, um, I guess, my mindset on confidence and my mindset on myself. I really had to rewire my brain and remind myself like I am deserving of money because of all of these things that I've done. But not only that, but just because like I am inherently worthy of money and resources. So good. (laughs) Yeah. So I think tying my money mindset also with my own self-confidence really helped make that shift for me. Mm. Yeah. And what about the part about nobody wanting to pay for your services? Mm. Like, um, how are you able to let go of the people pleasing? Yeah. Um, so my belief of people not wanting to pay for my services, um, came from my beliefs of my own community, I guess. Um, you know, I identify as first generation, but I also grew up with a low income family. Um, I didn't really have much growing up and we never really bought things that were like luxurious or to really enjoy our leisure. So I feel like something like, you know, $500, $1,000, whatever for coaching, like was just a lot and like a waste of money. And I didn't want people to feel that way. But then it was also weird because like I had these thoughts about my own community, but then here I am, like <laughs> I pay for career coaching, I pay for life coaching, and I also pay for business coaching. So I'm just like, huh, this is so <laughs> what makes you different, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think when I also just had honest conversations with with people that I've coached for free, um, I, I asked them, like, is this something that you would pay for? Or, you know, I'm planning to charge my services in the future. Like, can I keep you in mind when I do that later? And you know, they, mm. they totally advocated for me. They totally supported me. And they said that it made sense. So I think I just had to get out of my head a little bit and actually talk to my community, <laughs> not just assuming. And I know that's something you always told me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't always assume. Like if, if you are assuming, make sure like you ask them first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because the the guest before you was also in um, recruiting and it's just so interesting that you two both have um, like years of experience in recruiting and most of the time we think that we can't charge because we don't have that experience but obviously you do have years of experience so it's like money and charging is like a totally different other thing yeah and I think um, I also think like if you really want something and if you feel really aligned to something that you want to purchase um you can find a way or you can make a means to get that um and also like if you if you really really can't like being honest like with the coach or even being honest with the client like that you don't want to charge lower or you can give a discount if you want so I think the main key to this is really just like transparency and communication over assuming things and not charging. So good. I love that you went out and go tested it. So going back to your third fear of that, taking that leap of faith, obviously you're an action taker. And that's why, you know, only sat on it for a month versus a whole year. (laughs) I'm also curious how coaching supported you and like getting started in your own business and when um, mindset blocks or obstacles came up? Ooh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think again, like I started my business not really knowing what to expect. And I think initially when I worked with you, I thought you were going to give me, you know, a bunch of like business strategies or a bunch of like marketing techniques. 
Um, but instead, like the coaching that you provided was really finding confidence in myself and finding worth in myself and, and knowing like what, what to charge with that, because I don't need to replan how I do things when I've already had like years of experience. Um, working with you made me realize that I have already been a coach, but not, not directly or, or, you know, I've never been titled a coach, but I've always coached in some kind of capacity. So the act of coaching is something that's not new to me, but what is new to me is charging. It's getting clients. Um, but I think you really supported me and showed me that it's not really about like the super fancy marketing techniques or building a website or, you know, creating modules, but it's really about like, who do you want to serve? How do you want to serve them? Um, and what is your purpose? Oh, so good. I feel like I am sold. <laughs> yes, I sold you. <laughs> <laughs> Selling can be fun. So how are you able to create your first paid client? Yeah. So um, something that I want to add is before I officially started charging, mm. um, I did coaching for free and I did it for free for four months. And I look back and I'm like, dang, I really did that for free for four months. <laughs> it's like a semester. No, wait, it's like a quarter. No more. I, I'm getting a little bit more than a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, coaching for four months for free, I was able to connect with over 50 people. Um, so when I decided that I wanted to start charging for my coaching, um, I went to those people first and I think you actually convinced me to do that. Um, I didn't want to make a grand announcement on LinkedIn or social media yet that I started charging. I wanted to reach out to the community that I've already been helping because the people that I was serving for free, um, they are my ideal clients and the people that I want to work with. Um, so I remember I did like an email blast to the 50 plus clients that I work with for free. I told them that I was charging and that I would love to work with them again. Um, but as a professional that is bigger and better, because um, I know that when I start charging, like, you know, I want to put a lot more intention and I want to put a lot more work in serving them. And through that email blast, I was actually able to convert three of them into clients. So I didn't really have like a first one client. I had like a first three clients. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hands up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting too, um, because some people might be listening and thinking, wow, like coaching 50 clients for free, that is a lot. It's so awesome that, you know, you were able to coach all those people first. And I think it's just so important to highlight that, like, even though you did coach all those people for free, you were still having hesitations about, you know, whether my coaching is good enough, whether I can charge. So um, just wanted to highlight that the number there is great, um, but also the mindset shift is also needed. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, if I didn't have that mindset shift again, like I would probably do coaching for free still, and maybe I would have eventually burned out. Mm. The, the mindset shift was definitely needed. Yeah. So this is just, we're just flowing so well and from question to question. Um, so how did it feel to create your first 5k in your business as a new entrepreneur in just three months for the first time ever? Yeah. I mean, I want to note that we made 5k and a little more. Yes. So that was just, it was just mind blowing to me, to be quite honest. I remember when we first started, like we were thinking about our three month goal. And I remember I initially said <laughs> 3K and then you said, okay, let's do 5K. <laughs> I knew I had, you had it in you. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and again, like, it's so wild to me because in my nine to five job, like, you know, I get, 
I can easily get a 5k just doing what I've been doing for the past couple of years. But once I start thinking about getting 5k all by myself, just me, like that's when like the imposter syndrome, all these fears come up. And I'm like, why can't I make myself believe that I can also get this too? Mm. So, so when you said 5k, it was definitely really scary, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. Um, I'm just going to listen to whatever advice she has to tell me. And if I don't reach 5k, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also didn't want to put that pressure on me too much. Um, but little did I know, like it actually got there. <laughs> mm, yeah. I remember we we're like in the middle of this process and then you were getting really pressured by the goal. So we were like, yeah, just putting the goal aside, continuing to serve. And it felt like the last couple of clients just flowed really easily to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is really aligned with, with kind of like my belief that like, if you put things out there in the universe and if you do the work and if, if you're passionate about it, like the results will just come back to you. So yeah, not thinking about the 5k number and just serving from a place of like joy, gratitude, and and keeping my mission in my mind, um, it eventually got there. And I think getting 5K by myself, um, but not entirely by myself, like you definitely helped me start that. <laughs> but I mean, just in general, like as a woman of color, like getting 5K without an organization, giving it to me without a manager affirming me, it's really just like me to me. Um, I don't know, it feels quite revolutionary. It feels like I've kind of broken this wall that society just loves to put on us. <laughs> and like, F you all, like I can make 5k myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so cool and empowering because once you know how to make 5k, you can just do that over and over again. And I know like the process wasn't, you know, like super easy. I know that like imposter syndrome and your bully and your inner critic came up and comparison came up a lot during this time, especially when you're starting out and when you're, you know, like really close to that quote, quote number. Um, So can you share a little bit of that part of your journey? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, imposter syndrome is is probably like one of the biggest bullies anyone can ever get. (laughs) Um, It's just like you being a bully to yourself. But I think um, I had a lot of imposter syndrome because I labeled myself as a career coach and LinkedIn was my main, it was my main marketing platform. I don't have a website. I don't have an Instagram. Like I talk about my services and I talk about my mission and my results all on LinkedIn. And it felt like such a competitive space because there are like hundreds, thousands of career coaches out there. So I always thought to myself, like, how come this career coach can get like thousands of reactions, but like, I'm not getting that. And I always felt like I had to be like those top tier career coaches. Um, But when I really reflected on why I wanted that. Um, I think it, it had a lot to do with ego and it, it was just me wanting it because I wanted to prove something and it wasn't coming from a place of service. So once I realized that I was like, okay, I, I need to really reflect like, who do I want to be to my clients, to my community, to my audience. Because in my head, I was like, I need to be this career coach that gives amazing career tips and people look up to. But then Mm -hmm. also thousands of other career coaches do that. Um, But I kept forgetting, like, the thing that made me start this in the first place is my community, is the audience that I want to serve, which are first generation professionals and professionals of color. Um, I don't think there are too many career coaches out there that focus on that specific niche. So 
when I, I kind of like reflected and I was like, okay, I have to really go back to my niche. I have to really go back to who I'm serving and the community that I want to be with. Um, that's when I was like, I don't need to compare myself to these other career coaches. And if anything, it's kind of wasting my time. <laughs> what I want to focus my time on is how can I best serve my community? How can I put content out there that resonates specifically to them and their experiences? Um, but yeah, so it was, it was nice um, coming back to myself again, because I think like when I started coaching my my initial drive for my community is, was there, but I know that once I started coaching, that's when the, or when I started coaching, like officially, that's when the, um, the imposter syndrome really kicked in. Cause I'm just like, I need to be like every other career coach out there. But in reality, in reality, I just had to really hone in on myself. Yeah. I know something that was really big for you was authenticity. Um, and I remember that and we talked about this before that like you have this fire, right? But you were like holding it back or um, you were just lessening it with a mask, thinking that it might be like too much or can, is it too bold or can I say this? And then when you started actually like expressing your truth on LinkedIn, um, that really resonated with your audience. And that's where, that's how you were able to create a couple of clients from that too. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think I started, um, when I started like putting myself out there on LinkedIn, like I was really just sharing like career tips, um, and little gold nuggets people should know about their job search. Um, but eventually I was like, you know what, F all of that. What I really want to talk about is how hard it is for first gen folks to even navigate their careers. I want to talk about how imposter syndrome and self-limiting beliefs are so is like a common shared experience with all of us. I want to talk about how these are resources that we're not really taught by our schools, by our parents. Um, and I want to bring light to our internal struggles because I think oftentimes like the, the perspective of being first generation is, is so overlooked. Um, but when I reflect on like my own journey, being a first gen and other folks that I know who are first gen, like, we are one of the most like extremely hardworking people ever. Mm -hmm. um, we had to really make a path for ourselves and not really know how or you know what to do along the way. And it feels really lonely. So those are the stories I wanna highlight. Those are the tips I wanna highlight. Um, and when I started doing that, I think that's when I started getting more of my quote unquote dream clients Mm. Um, cause I know in the beginning, like I was also, um, accepting of kind of just taking any client, but now I'm like, no, I want to remember like who my audience are and I want to best serve the people that I know will get the most out of my coaching. Mm, so good. How did it feel? So I need to go back to that moment of when you first did this bold post um, and coming from authenticity, that deeper truth, right? How did it feel to do that? And what tips do you have for others who also want to come from a place of authenticity? Because I think authenticity is a word that we hear like all the time, right? And it's just so helpful to have specific examples or see, you know, what other people's definitions are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I think I'll give like this specific example, um, but I wanted to make a, a post about how I want to decolonize careers. <laughs> mm -hmm. I remember that one. Decolonize career coaching. And I was so hesitant to post that because I'm like, people are going to think I'm like, like, what is she talking about? What does she mean by decolonizing? And the thought of like having to explain myself felt exhausting. <laughs> um, and I mean, my posts up to that point, like have just been about like career tips, job search tips. Like I did a little bit of a little bit of posts about like the first gen experience, but I always felt like it wasn't 100% my authentic self. Um, my authentic self is 
coming from like a fiery, passionate rage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but this fiery, passionate rage is why I'm able to serve my clients in a way that, um, you know, empowers them to have this fiery rage in their careers. Um, I no longer want people in my community to feel small. I don't want them to feel overlooked. Mm -hmm. And there are just so many barriers that our society puts on us that intentionally makes us feel that way when we're navigating our careers. So me being a career coach is kind of like my testament of like, we don't have to do this. Like if if one of us rises, if a few of us rises, we all rise together. And that's kind of like my collective vision that I have in my head, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of why I do everything that I do. So I was like, if people want to see this side of me, I have to show this side of me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and I also think like LinkedIn is a, is more of a traditional platform where you kind of just stick to quote unquote professional content but I've been seeing a lot of like um, LinkedIn influencers who are kind of breaking that barrier and who are being their authentic selves. Um, like I think of Aisha Joseph as an example of someone who posts a lot of like really groundbreaking DEI content. So she's one definitely I highly recommend. But seeing folks like Aisha Joseph, I was like, if she can do that, I can do that too. So yeah, I was just like, I want to decolonize careers. I want to decolonize the way we look at networking. I want to decolonize, um, you know, how we navigate the job search. And people who understood me, they're the ones that connected with me, um, not the people who didn't understand me. So I think putting my authentic self out there allowed me to cultivate and attract this community that I've, you know, dreamed of in my collective vision. (laughs) So now I'm able to connect with clients like that I'm really aligned with um, and that I can really help and serve. Yeah. And it's also interesting to think about if you're not your fully self on social media or whatever platform that you use, but you are your full self in coaching, then there's also that like disconnect, right? Clients will be surprised like, oh, so this is who you really are. So it's kind of like, why not put that out there, let go of the mask so that the people who love you for who you are come to you and connect with you. Yeah, that's such a good point because... I think if I, if I continue to just make safe posts, quote unquote, safe posts, about like career tips and the job search, like people are just going to expect that from me when we start coaching. But in reality, if you coach with me, like I am going to talk about our struggles. I am going to get real because we have to talk about these identity pieces so that you can build the confidence to network, to interview, to get that job. Mm-hmm. So what tips do you have for people who want to like step into their place of authenticity? Mm, yeah. So I think with being authentic, um, I think you have to tell the universe like what you want to do or what you're passionate about <laughs> and then listen to it. So I know that sounds really simple and kind of (laughs) cheesy, but just to give an example, like, again, I'm a firm believer that if you put something out there in the world um, from like a true place, like the world will will respond. Um, So for example, like for a while, like I've told a lot of like my close friends and people that I trust and my community that I really love helping people and I don't necessarily know if HR is really cutting it for me. Mm. I kept telling that to people, but I kept telling them like, I don't really know what is for me though, because I've always done HR since I've graduated. Um, And the more that I like opened up to people, um, the more that coaching eventually became an option for me. Um, Cause I remember this one time, like I was telling, um, my life coach actually, that, 
this is what I want to do. Like I have this vision of like uplifting my community and guiding them. So we're on a path towards like liberation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she was like, have you ever considered coaching? And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to being coached, but I've never thought of being a coach myself. So then with that information, like I told all my friends and all my close peers, like, what if I was a coach? And then they said, that actually makes a lot of sense for you. I think you being a coach is you stepping into your power. Um, so I listened to them and then I tried it out and now we're here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have another example. I remember um, you were sharing something about DEI, putting yourself out there. And then during one of our coaching sessions, like the next time we were coaching together, you were like, this person reached out to me, offered me this DEI consulting opportunity. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I think when you're also authentic, like the right opportunities will come to you, even if you don't look for it or ask for it. So with the example that you just shared, um, the more that I started being honest and real on LinkedIn, um, uh, a DEI consultant reached out to me and asked if I wanted to collaborate with her and join her DEI initiative and work with her. Um, Not only that, but I also got offered a part-time job with um, the university that I'm currently getting my master's degree at. Uh, and they they offered me like a DEI um, coordinator role. And I didn't ask for that either. But it was merely because like I was putting my real self out there. I was being very vocal about the things I was passionate about. I was doing the work. And then I think people were starting to see that and they started reaching out to me. So that was also really mind blowing too. because these were opportunities I never thought I would get. Um, And I wasn't even looking. But again, like the moment that I started just being authentic and putting my words out there, the more the universe just gave back to me. Yeah, I remember you texting me like, is this what happens when you like show up fully as yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of those moments with you for sure. (laughs) I think you're such a great example of being honest, like knowing what you want and um, tailoring your business to the way you want it, whether it's like going at your own pace or um, charging. Because I think what's so interesting is that you actually made 5k and you didn't charge thousands of dollars. So with my, most of my clients, they're like, they charge like 1K plus, but for you, you actually charge less than that. You charged in the hundreds and you still made 5K. So it's kind of like, there are so many multiple ways to get to that one goal. And you're able to take, take the road that you feel um, that honors your needs and your values. And you're still able to do that. Even if you take a path, that's a little bit different than other people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it really is just the mindset of knowing I can make a lot of money. I just needed to believe in that. And you definitely helped me with that. And once that belief was there and my confidence was there, I was like, I can make this money in a way that feels good to me. And I don't have to charge like X, Y, and Z. I can charge at a rate that feels good to me and feels good to my dream clients. Um, And I think the exciting part is like, I know that I'm going to continue to grow and I know that I'm going to continue reevaluating my prices and changing accordingly, changing my services. So I think just doing it and believing in myself was was the spark that I needed to know like what's really possible. Yeah. And you're like operating from this boss mindset, like not just taking action like a boss, but building your business, like you are the boss. Mm -hmm. I know we talked a lot about mindset shifts. And what would you say was the most valuable thing that you got out of coaching? Mm, Yeah. 
I think the most valuable thing that I've gotten out of coaching is rediscovering myself and reconnecting with who, who I am, who I've always been. Because I think when you start a business, again, like it's so easy to fall into imposter syndrome and comparing yourself and you start to want to be this idea that you think you should be. But in reality, like you should really just hone in to who you are because who you are is enough to start a business and to make money. So I think the valuable thing I've gotten out of coaching is that there is no like fancy formula, <laughs> which I know like those, those were the things I initially was looking for when I was thinking of business coaching. I was like, I want all the formulas. I want all the marketing strategies. But it, again, it's really just like, how can you serve from a place of authenticity? And then second is the relationships. Like when you serve from a place of authenticity, you will, you will attract the relationships that will serve you and that will make you. So yeah, I think just like simplifying it. <laughs> yeah. And in a way, like, I think that's how you helped or how you've helped like Asian and women of color to, to overcome barriers. Because I do think like the mindset around like business strategy and marketing strategy can be a barrier. When in reality, it's just like, it, it's honing in on like your craft and who you want to help. Yeah, I remember from one of our coaching reflections that you wrote, like self-awareness. Starting this business has gave me such a deeper sense of self-awareness. And I think that's one of the beauties about being a solopreneur in your business is that your business gets to be this extension, this self-expression of you. Because whatever drama you have in your personal life, in your brain, it gets amplified when you're starting a business. So th that's why a lot of our money beliefs come up um, in our business. And, and yeah, like the more you become comfortable with yourself, so much of coaching is peeling back the layers and all the masks and blocks that society has conditioned you to have. So once you go back to your core, then marketing is just simply like sharing what you're all about, sharing your mission. Selling is just serving and it really gets to be that simple. Yeah. And then when you made me realize that, I'm like, yeah, that is actually more aligned with my values than fancy business and marketing techniques in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know at the same time, sometimes your fire like drove you to burnout, right? So um, what, what advice do you have for others who might be like first gen or just really used to being super hardworking. Well, I think that speaks to all of us, um, but <laughs> what advice do you have for them in terms of taking care of themselves? Yeah. So make an achievement list, mm. whether it's like a journal or like a poster or like a list in your computer. Um, I know as first gens, like we literally do the most <laughs> and sometimes we forget what we do. Yeah. <laughs> because we're just so busy, like helping others, serving others, doing all of these things so we can add to our resume. Um, we don't really reflect on like how much we're actually doing. And I think it's because society makes us think that we're not really making an impact. We're not really doing as much. And in a sense, like we have to go through a lot of years of being a subordinate. Mm. <laughs> until we eventually become like a manager or something like that. But when I connect with my clients, like I remind them that like you raised like $10,000, you planned like this 2000 plus conference, um, 2000 plus people conference, you helped, you know, the business go from A to Z. And I think oftentimes we forget about that because we're so busy in our heads, like, um, thinking about how people might look at us or thinking about how we're never good enough. So I definitely recommend like putting evidence of your awesomeness and all the work that you've done like in front of you, because I know how much we're inside of our heads. Uh, and I know it's something that I'm personally still working on. Um, 
I have a lot of means of how I um, write my evidence of awesomeness. Like I have a journal. I even have like a whiteboard where I just put a bunch of like affirmations on it. But I think we really need to affirm ourselves and also give us a lot of grace. And then I think my second advice is, you know, be with your community, be with folks who uplift you, have mentors who understand your background and who genuinely want you to succeed. Cause I feel like it's really the people, like if, if, if the privileged folks aren't going to help us and we have to help each other, <laughs> you know, each other. And, you know, that's why I'm here as a coach because I want to, I want to uplift my community. So good. What's one piece of concrete advice that you have specifically for other women of color who want to start their own businesses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this has been my advice, I think, throughout the podcast, but um, tell the universe what you want to do. Tell your colleagues, tell your friends, tell your partner, tell your family. Um, because if you keep it all in your head, like, you know, sometimes that might be hard. Like you need people to, or, and well, I mean, like you deserve people to affirm you. And again, like when you put that energy out there in the universe, like it will respond. Um, oh, and then also like try things out. Um, <laughs> it's really simple, but again, like when I started coaching, I did it for free for four months before I started officially charging. And I think sometimes like as women of color, like I think sometimes we're, we're per- perfectionists mm. and we have this idea that's like, oh, I don't want to start yet because I don't have a website or like, I don't want to start yet because I don't have this like well thought out business plan. But I think the important thing is just like starting and trying things out and then building along the way. Yeah, it's really all an experiment. And it's like, even if you spend so much time on your website, as you evolve and grow, like what you mentioned earlier, you're going to have to change that website <laughs> anyways. So <laughs> might as well like go out and test it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as we're wrapping up, what are some of your favorite resources? Yeah, so my favorite resources are people. (laughs) And what I mean by people, um, you know, coaches, mentors who really understand you and who want to genuinely help and support you. Um, For example, you're a great resource (laughs) for all things like starting your, you know, your business or starting your solopreneurship and whether folks work with you or not like you you post a lot of like amazing nuggets on your LinkedIn (laughs) Um, and even in this podcast so I mean I have to give a lot of kudos to you Um, I also want to give a shout out to my life coach Nicole Cruz Um, so she's also been a really amazing resource and she she helps women of color um, really thrive confidently in their life so she also talks about things like imposter syndrome, self-limiting beliefs, and um, she really goes like deep into your identity. Um, so she's really the reason why I wanted to be a coach. <laughs> mm. She was like, have you ever thought about coaching? Um, so Nicole Cruz is such a great resource. And then if you're interested in like DEI type of work, or if you're interested in the identity justice work, like I am, again, like Aisha Joseph is a really great um, content creator on LinkedIn, who's always advocating for communities, and she's such a great person to learn from. So overall, I, I again, like people, coaches, mentors, who align with you and who you know can support you are really great resources. So if you don't have like that mentor or coach yet, Um, highly recommend looking for one like they're really such great advocates and who knows maybe you might be inspired to start a business too (laughs) yeah yeah that's really awesome I'll be sure to include them in the show notes below and 
I'll include myself. <laughs> I guess I'll have to. Yes. Um, <laughs> and how can people reach out to you? Where can people find your business if they are looking for a holistic career coach? Yeah. So luckily I am pretty simple. Again, I, my main, my main source of how I um, market my services or even show my platform is on LinkedIn. And I think you'll put it in the show notes too. But if you just search up my name, Ariana Lila De La Rosa, um, I'm positive you will find me. I don't know anyone else who has that name. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'm super happy to add you to my network and you know, hopefully help you in your career, whether that's through coaching or even through just motivation. Cool. Awesome. I know you're super people oriented. So whoever reaches out is going to get a lot out of um, chatting with you. And yeah, thank you so much, Ariana. It was so nice. So, so nice um, reconnecting with you and having you share all these amazing nuggets uh, of wisdom around money mindset, starting your own business and being true to yourself while making money. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you all for joining me for this episode and I will see you next week.